Well, hello, folks, and a welcome to We the Peeps. This here's the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national soccer team. I'm Clayton. I'm a musician. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company. And we just a lot of nets. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. Folks, the game was USA versus Ecuador, and what a peach, what a peach we do have for you today. Of course, as always, please consider, please remember to rate us with five stars on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to this on. That helps us so much to rise the ranks in the world of U.S. soccer podcasts, which is really not that many ranks. So help <laughs> us out and uh, let's do this thing. Five ranks would be would be dope. <laughs> yeah. We'd be right up there. And if you do it, uh, you, you may indeed have your review read on the show live. You want to be part of history? You want to be in the public eye? Rate us five stars. Get yourself on this awesome pod. Uh, folks, in other news, remember that if you'd ever like to reach out to us, say, meme one of our jokes, or just uh, disagree with us, or in fact agree with us, or provide opinions of any kind about or anything. disagree to agree, or agree to disagree. <laughs> just reach out to us at WTP Pod, folks. That's Wilbur Tango Pizza Pod uh, on Twitter. That's the best way to do that, and we can all be friends. Mm-hmm. Why can't we be friends? There is no reason. We can. Oh, uh, and real quick, before we finish up the housekeeping, there is a very, very uh-huh. exciting thing on the horizons for this show. We are finally going to do it. We've wanted to do it forever. There is an incredible tournament coming Quit? up this summer, and we want to cover quitting? it. Oh. <laughs> so what we've decided to do is a little mini segment. Uh, much like if you remember what we did for the uh, Jealous Yanks, we are going to be airing on this podcast, on this uh, whatever, whatever you call it, the, this link, this stream, Intertube. this thing. Uh, we're gonna in, we're gonna intersperse episodes of what we are calling the She the Peeps mini series. What this will be is me for the first time. Uh, ever discussing and learning about, learn with me, the USW Ninja Turtles, uh, the good national team. Wouldn't. And uh, what we've got is, for, for starters, we've got a couple friendlies coming up. As, we, as they warm up, as the team warms up for the tournament this summer, they'll be playing Australia and Belgium. Uh, so we're just going to watch those, and I'm going to hang out with your boy, Quam Das, Kwame the Quaminator. Don't be afraid of this wisdom that's about to hit you in your face. <laughs> um, and, and we're just going to talk she the piece. Ah, my face. <laughs> so do that. Don't miss that. Um, let's dive into this. We're going to begin as we always do with the roster. I'm going to give a quick game recap. And then uh, we're going to get Ty's first impressions. Folks, line them the F up. Line them the Franco up. Let's do this get- thing. Get ready to be confused. <laughs> the USMNT. <laughs> Both gloves. It's your boy, Sean Johnson. Sean John. Sean John. Sean John. Uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, what's the dude's name? Who? John Sean. Sean. Sean John. He's a singer. Uh, maybe some other time. John. 
Sean Paul? Sean Paul. I was about to say John Paul. It's your boy, Sean Paul Johnson. Sean John Paul. If only it was that entertaining. Yeah. Here to do not a whole lot. Pretty much nothing. In the back line, I would love to give this as a three back, which it looked like most of the game. But I'll report it to you as it was reported to me. In the center, we're going to have Aaron Long. Uh... The, sh- the 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 MLSiest of all time, uh, your boy's back. Don't forget <laughs> Aaron Long, the 2019 Matt Beasler. <laughs> yeah, you thought Aaron Long had short hair. Who was the 2015 Clarence Goodson? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like uh, Russian it's dolls. Like, it's, it's the it's Krishna reincarnated over and over again. <laughs> There's one MLSi defender, Emilishna, who reappears. Yeah. <laughs> He's the godhead. Uh, we got John Brooks back, the real godhead. Uh, welcome Beezy. in. We missed you, bees. We missed you so much. John Brooks is back, looking young as ever, young and sprightly. It's a good thing you balded at the age of 20 because you'll always look 20 to us. On the left uh, back spot, we're going to have Tim Ream. And on the right back Ream. spot... Ream. On the right back spot, <laughs> touch from behind. On the right back spot, <laughs> we're gonna have uh, your boy Tyler Adams, founding father. The, no, the, yeah, no one has been more my boy. This yeah, guy. straight up, America's America's Derek Jeter, uh, folks. He's here. You know him. You love him. And he's not really just playing right back at all. Uh, in the midfield, center midfielders, we're gonna have Will Trap and a little six. Tuck it back, Will Trap. Will trap. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, Tim Ream gets the captaincy, and let's uh, never speak of that again. It's irrelevant. Then we're going to have uh, Polisic and Weston McKenney in the kind of mm-hmm. dual pivot tens. And up front, we got we got three on the Gird left. Your loins. <laughs> on the <laughs> left, we got Ariola. The uh, Ariola's in the Ariola. We've got Giassi's. I was trying that one out. We've got Giassi Zardes uh, as our as our striker, and on the right wing, welcome America's back, America's number nine, Giassi <laughs> Zardes. And on the right wing, of course, stalwart, oldest veteran, oldest rookie of all time, uh, oldest prospect of all time. We've got Jordan Jamo Smooth Morris. He's back with us, left footed inverted wingering, folks. It was. Uh, it was a strong start for the U.S. We, we came in uh, wondering what Adams exactly was going to do. Um, we came in happy about Weston McKenney's short haircut. You're looking good out there. You're looking tall, young enough to have actually grown, but it might just be the hair. Um, and it was a, a, an okay, solid 20, 25 minutes, uh, which resulted in a Lovely little areola chance. A lovely nip slip. There. It was an, a, a, an, an areola finish. <laughs> I, as, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, that was, it was onside by, you know, an inch or two. Uh, but the, the, the yeah, highlight Morris. of that play was Giassi's whiff, which was just right. stupendous. Yeah, yeah, well, there was, so there's two. That was in the 29th. So in the 25th, areola had a chance. Oh, that, oh yeah, you're that right. Was the one saved. that went side netting. So yeah. this could have been, yeah, 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 right, right, been a better right, finish, yeah. but wasn't. And then he gets his chance for redemption, does Ariola. Uh, but unfortunately, the ref calls Jordan Morris on the assist. Offsides, debatable. Major debatable. 
don't forget, folks. Uh, don't forget, as we look back on this game, that both of those chances were followed by a Saicedo, Kaiseido, however you want to, a uh, chance that he just misses on the upper left. Sean I Johnson. I say Kaiseido, you say Saicedo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Anything Saicedo can do, Kaiseido can do better. <laughs> um, he missed by inches. Sean Johnson almost had a chance to participate in this game, but uh, just didn't. So we go into the half, nil-nil, if you will. Uh, Coming on back, we got to see some uh, fun stuff in the second half. Uh, A couple of my highlights are Pulisic absolutely shredding Ener Valencia near the corner flag. Just, just... Ankles broken. (laughs) So, so broken. Um, you know, I know Valencia is on his way out, but it's Manchester United and Chelsea you, versus Man U. You got to think that in that, at least from that moment, Pulisic looks ready for the Premier League. Uh, we then got to Spicy see a Bradley, Michael Bradley, boy, Beardy Bradley come back in for Will Trapp. Uh, Bradley's off the bench. We finally got to see a uh, Trap sort of evolved wonder- into Bradley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's, it's evolving. Their their pictures are switching back and forth rapidly. Uh, now, now it's Bradley. Uh, we got to compare, and we'll discuss how we felt about both of their performances. Uh, then, of course, Pulisic would be subbed off. Not sure why. Uh, for Sebastian Legette, Shaboy, sharpest hair this side of the Mason Dixon. Then we got to see uh, hi- always a highlight of mine: DeAndre Yedlin's hair, which this time. It featured a sort of double X type of deal. I thought I thought it that was, was it was attached to a a, a good player this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the and hair. interestingly, we we saw Yedlin in the attacking wing uh, role, which we haven't seen him I think since he was like nineteen or twenty, um, and that was pretty exciting. Uh, we'll talk more about it. Sadly, in the sixty eighth. Weston McKenney picks up a little strain, a little sprain, a little a little knock, and is stretchered off in dramatic fashion. Although, did not go straight to the uh, locker room. Hopefully, we'll see him back soon. I'll be asking Ty about that. I'm not trying to tease the whole show. Ty, do you know if you, how, how long is he out for? Do you know? The uh, latest I've seen is that it's a sprain, and there's no further info. So I think he'll go straight back to Schalke. They'll reevaluate. But um, my guess would be it'll be a couple weeks, and they'll... You know they'll probably try to get him back as as fast as possible, and because of the end of the season, yeah. Um, so it'll be a little bit more risky than than it normally would. So to Schalke, we say we're sorry. Um, uh, Christian Roldan would come on for Weston, of course. What was that? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and then we'd get to see just a little bit of Jonathan Lewis in the 76 minute. Now, this game looked to be headed towards a nil-nil. Ecuador is just bunkering and bunkering and bunkering. Uh, and then something strange Trying to get happened. that friendly point. <laughs> yeah, that crucial, that crucial away yeah. friendly point. Or home, yeah. actually. Um, and, then, and then something very bizarre happened. It's not simple. Double bizarre. It's not completely yeah. bizarre. <laughs> not only is it bizarre that Giassi Zardes scores, but the way in which he scores was is fully just inexplicable. It he like only he, somehow, he could have scored I know, this way. I know. He somehow breaks open uh right up top the 18 for whatever reason decides to take a shot that he's not likely to make. Um he's he doesn't exactly have it. And he doesn't make it. 
it, it, it's the shot does not go in. <laughs> he deflects wildly off a defender, goes spinning and spinning and spinning, ricochets off the crossbar. Goalkeeper is I don't know what he's out to lunch, doing something else. Way out to lunch. A little, little busy. And Sardes tucks away the winner here uh, with ten minutes to go. Congrats to you, buddy. I can't can't hate on that. Um, it's Jossie's team now. And before and before uh, this whole thing would would wrap up one nil, uh, <laughs> a runner would join the field. Uh, to, some some someone not shown by the camera but thoroughly discussed by the announcers decided to have a moment of glory and get near the players, run around the field. And my favorite part about this was seeing it cut from Giassi Zardes scowling at this uh, miscreant, this misbehavior, uh, this this disrespect towards the beautiful game. Quick cut, hard cut to Tyler Adams. Giggling. Crack it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was fantastic. Um, you know, Adams, for all his seriousness, has hasn't uh, lost his sense of humor about the game and don't forget in the 87th minute tim ream essentially gave the game back uh to somebody um who who john brooks was able to put that fire out and the the ecuadorian striker was unable to take advantage of the moment but fair to say uh this was a closey uh but a goodie we won one nothing ty what's your first impressions uh, I was satisfied going into the game. The one thing I was hoping to see was the U.S. stick to their new principles and to just keep doing that same stuff. And to me, it didn't matter whether we were getting pummeled or not. Um, and it, it played entirely into our hands in that we were anti-pummeled. Uh, I don't exactly know what Ecuador's uh, thought process was behind this this game plan, but um, from from the, the tactical setup to the you know, literal psychological approach of the players, it was completely negative, uh, which is just really bizarre to see in a friendly, but maybe, maybe their goal was to practice playing negative to, Perhaps. to just, you know, try to keep a clean sheet or something. But like when they were down late in the game and still just like knocking it around the back, that was really bizarre. Uh, so I don't know really what to make of that from the Ecuador side, but what I, what I saw on the U S side, I appreciated the, the line splitting passes that we talked about, keeping the ball on the ground, playing the ball out of the back um, <laughs> with, with the occasional heart attack moment uh, and and you know doing doing all the the, the Greggy B things uh, within the first 10, 15 minutes, I was getting a little scared because Tyler Adams was was definitely playing right back, um, but he he found his way more and more into the center and and seemed to adapt to playing that role as the game went on. Um, and you know he he looked very comfortable doing that job. I mean he I I saw him pop up on the the left wing. Uh, he popped up in the center and he played right back very competently. Popped when, up when on he the right wing. Defensive popped solutions. up in left back. <laughs> he's he was he is all over the place and he's he's somehow does not diminish his energy at all from from minute to minute. Yeah, we we met, we were talking he's, about this while watching yeah. uh, the game. He the the Tyler Adams in the last ten minutes of any game of soccer is like one of the greatest players in the world. It's it's I I I mean I'm I think being that's facetious. Safe. I I'm think being, that's a, that's a rather safe statement. Yeah, yeah, I'm being facetious, but he's I I mean for real, he's like levels above levels above. It's I I would if I were and on like the field, I'd be looking at this guy like, did you play? Like, were you yeah. trying before? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and. 
we're used to seeing fit players, right? It, you know, that's part of the, the American soccer ethos is that we, we can't necessarily be as good, but we can definitely be, be good athletes. And this kid not only is phenomenal and has great touch, um, but he's fitter than anyone I've seen. Uh, you know, that, and that's, that's really quite the accomplishment. So you, ha- you have to fear a little bit whether he's going to get a lot of tread on his tires or if he's going to, like, burn out too fast with this. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, an aspect of the modern game and, and training and lifestyle and the way that they know how to condition their bodies now and, and you know, diet and all that stuff. Um, you know, so may- maybe this is, is more sustainable than, than I'm thinking. But I, it's, it's hard to imagine because it's so unprecedented how, how incredibly fit he is. And, and combining that with the technical skills where it really gets exciting. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, it's it's easy to focus on Adams uh, because it, it's al- and it almost does seem as if Greg Berhalter had Adams in mind when he designed the uh, the scheme. You yeah, know, he's yeah. The, he... I'm, I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Uh, and uh, I like the scheme. I think it's neat. But I, I do think that, like, uh, you know, Taylor said and like we said on the last show, um, the the trouble is going to come when you have better attackers and and when they can break on your three at the back with you know three attackers or maybe even four uh, you know off of some set pieces um, that's going to be a big problem. So you're I think against good teams it's going to be like wow Tyler's having a really shitty game and it's not that it's just that they're making him play right back the majority of the time, which and would so, be sad. And my my question yeah. to that is. Why not just play a three in the back and have four central midfielders? Like, why not just just do that? I mean, especially against a weaker team, which is what it becomes. It becomes a double pivot with Trap and Adams, and then a double ten with Pulisic and McKenney. But in generally speaking, why have the confusion? You know, the complication of switching formations when what you really want is for Adams to make it to the middle at the end of the day, anyway. Well, for me, it's a little too easy to attack a you know static three man defense, and I think the being able at least to to sort of ostensibly be playing what would be considered a normal defense for a lot of the players, especially in the international game, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I think I don't know it can be done, but it requires such a like long term culture change that I feel like this is a little bit more of a feasible trick, you know, for for the U.S. soccer playbook. Um, and I, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I think it's, it's very, uh, it's very promising and I like that it's forward thinking and, and, and certainly modern in the way that it looks at the game because it's analyzing the game through numbers, you know, not through, um, not through whatever, you know, bullshit psychology. Yeah, that feelings? Bruce Arena. Yeah. Feelings. Yeah. Player said he's ready to go. I, I started the player. <laughs> We need you, you know, to be more something nasty. makes you want to tear your hair. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It has nothing to do with that. It's it's all about uh, it's all about overwhelming the opponent with numbers, which is you know the modern game. After you know Ajax figured that out in the seventies, <laughs> U.S. soccer is still fucking catching up. But um, anyway, so I I appreciate the concept. However, I think when you think of that player, you have to think of that player as being a right back. You know, eighty percent of the time against good opponents, and that's where it gets kind of kind of crappy to me to have Tyler be doing that because it's like the the argument for him not being in the middle is well he's still in the middle half the time which is sort of like defending an idea saying well it's only wrong half the time you know so for me Tyler Adams is the best 
U.S. player, and he should be playing in his most influential position, which is in the middle all the time. And I would be looking at someone like a Weston uh, to fill the role of that, you know, flexible utility player. Like, I think they, because it's novel, it seems like it's the kind of thing you want your best player to be doing. And that's not true. Like, it's a, it's a waste of that player's talent to put them in positions where they have to, you know, compromise and defend and kind of hedge yeah. against what they normally do. Like, it's like... It, it, does that make sense? Like it, that does make there's sense. There's some sort I, of universal principle there. It makes sense, and um, I would add to that that if your best player is, if that's their thing, Philip Lom, cough cough, or uh, sure, who's sure. the who's the Bayern Munich kid? Yo, that Joshua kind of, Kimmich. Yeah, Joshua yeah. Kimmich. Like that's their thing. That's what they love the most. With Tyler Adams, we have a situation where he was placed at at right back with the Red Bulls during while he was developing to get yeah, him on exactly. the field. That right, wasn't because, they because had it was McCarty, Question, and Sean Davis yeah. in the middle, and you know it made much more sense. So it's it's just an accident of the you know the the manner in which he came up with the Red Bulls that he's even considered like an eligible player at right back, and it's it's an accident of him just being a really fucking good soccer player. Um, but you know, for for me, I think you you uh, you don't fully take advantage of all of your assets using him there, even though he's, he's clearly the best at doing that of any yeah, U S yeah. player, you know? So I think that's where, that's where the confusion comes in a little bit. It's like, you know, you don't have to come up with some gimmicky way to use Tyler Adams, you know, <laughs> you just, just stick the dude in the middle of the park and yeah. he's going to, he's going to dominate he's games. Gonna so. dumb. And it's, there, um, there's a Greggy yeah. B sort of trend towards things that happened in the MLS where it seem overrepresented, you know? And so that sure, if you only sure. look at the MLS portion of Tyler Adams career, it makes mm, yeah. a little bit more sense, although he really flourished with the Red Bulls in the center at the end of the day. But but it mm. still does make more sense. Um, and I would also argue that it would be sad to have McKenney there because I think that the same thing is happening to McKenney that he's he's really a dominant central player that would have been an, a, a, a locked-in number six uh, five, ten years ago. But because the game is changing, you know, that type of player is more useful farther up the field. I think yeah, it's yeah, sad. I, what's I could see you that. Know, McKenny yeah. as a utility player is is, I yeah, I think he, yeah. you know that's sad. And I you know I'm just looking within this camp because I would have brought if if the goal is to win the gold cup I would have brought uh, Fabian Johnson to play that role who I, I think would just do it phenomenally and he's he's a player who used to have the legs to get up and down the touchline but now he's a he's a grizzled veteran who knows how to control the ball and and set tempo and like that's just perfect for that that uh, slot. And then my original original pick was Darlington Nagby to play that oh, position, which, which who I have called for at uh, fullback for a long time because of his not losing the ballishness, which is a classic flaw in the U.S. fullbacks. Is there you know converted center backs where their instinct when when any pressure is put on them is to just hoof it long, and that's exactly what we we can't be doing. So and in the meantime, you know Nagby's best moments in a national team shirt have come when he's playing deep. And he can he can you know dictate tempo and and start movement, um, and you know imagine how good he would be at playing those line splitting passes from deep um, up to you know Weston and and Pulisic. So it'd be so awesome. So so you so know there I'm already you, there deep into the, the the compromises, uh, and that that's where like that. Sorry to cut you off. Like that's where I land on this match. Is like I still don't fully understand what Berhalter's trying to do. You know, like, what's the point of this camp? Is it a Gold Cup prep camp? Is it just, like, integrating a couple new players into the group that he was able to, like, fully train 
earlier? Like, does he see this as his first choice team? I think those things being so vague, it's really hard to judge. But I can definitely fall back on the fact that the U.S. played the same, and I like that. I, I just want them to to keep confidently pursuing the same plan and have everyone in the pool on the same page with regard to the job that every, you know, slot on the field is playing. And they can study that, you know, prior to them joining national team camps and they can get feedback from coaches even when they're not around. Um, and to me, that's that's immensely valuable is just just having that consistent idea. And it's a, for me, it's an idea that's that's useful and flexible enough to pursue. It show is. I want to dive into something a little less uh, a little less talked about, but but no less relevant, uh, which is attacker Yedlin. Um, oh yeah. So Yedlin comes in here in <laughs> in the sixty fourth minute. He's not a great option for the the sort of whatever that yeah. Tyler Adams thing is. The whatever that role is doesn't really fit Yedlin. He's not a uh he he doesn't have that pivoty kind guy. of um yeah. artillery like uh vision where he can go 360 degrees he's more of a streaker right. and uh that fits a lot uh, if he's going to fit into this team which you really hope he does cuz he's absolutely one of the top 11 players in the country um it will be as a, a right winger which is ironic because we spent his whole first third of his career trying to decide which he was and we finally decided New, Newcastle and, decided and now of Rafa course Benitez decided yeah, yeah yeah and now of course it's not to be uh, his only real chance is to be the fast guy on the right side he had one like really nice cross um and yeah. I think that he can do this role really well I think his his defensive nous uh, will come in useful for pressing Mm-hmm. I think sure. his speed is going to serve him for at least another four years. He'll be a fast guy. Uh, and he doesn't have to do a whole lot of complex things from that role. He just has to be open and faster than the other guy and get that right. get that low cross. We're not looking for bombers. We're looking for low cro- early low crosses to feet, uh, you know, grass cutters. I think this could work. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm on board, and uh, my general feeling is Yedlin can clearly play one of those two roles, and so each coach gets to pick one. <laughs> yeah. So each coach cannot flip flop and put the guy in you know different situations every time and make his job unpredictable. Uh, I want the coach to commit to using him in a certain way and to make that very public and very clear. And to say that, you know, if that if the game doesn't call for that role, then Yedlin's not going to play. Uh, and that's that's one of the sacrifices that we're making with this this sort of, you know, concept. Um, not, neither fullback is really going to be involved in the attacking movement that much because the, the other fullback is going to slot back to the three back. And then the, you know, Tyler Adams uh, fullback is going to usually be controlling play from deep. So. Uh, so th- this is the only place for him, and he's, as you said, clearly talented enough to be in that that top group and should be. Um, and what I especially like about it is that in this system, another thing I really like about this system is that the three up top are um, are are designed to spread the field wide. So you know when when you're attacking, you want space, and so to make the field bigger, you basically try to utilize every blade of grass between the lines. 
And so the, the two wingers in, in attack are trying to position themselves as far to that line as possible. I mean, you, you, like you see some Dortmund matches where they play this way or have played in the past uh, under different coaches, and they have, like, wingers who are, like, literally out of bounds. Yeah, like yeah. Or the, the, there's, like, a great uh, video of Thierry Henry talking about, I yes, believe, yeah, his exactly. time at Barcelona. Yeah. Under Pep. Under yes. Pep, where he was like, I had to... He's showing replays. He's like, I had to stay on the line. But once you yeah, get into the yeah. final third, it's he goes, it's freedom, freedom. Freedom, freedom. <laughs> oh, man. Man crush Sunday, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so like, like Thierry... Uh, you know, Yedlin's going to be playing that role where where part of your job, a huge part of your job, is just maintaining that that tactical system for the rest of the team to operate. Because the Yedlin, you know, standing on the outside is going to be so scary to the opposing left back that they need to pin close to him. Because if there's a you know a, a slight uh, mistake, he's going to be clear through on goal. I mean, he's that fast. So. Um, so the, so the yeah, it's even, defense really has to respect it, and the more they have to respect it, the more space there's going to be in the middle. So for me, it's like it's way way better to have him out there than to put you know Corey Baird or like another ostensible oh you know, right wing specialist fuck out of here out there. Corey Baird. Um, even even someone like Morris, who is you know clearly good and has a role to play. Like I I, I love the idea of having someone out there who the the opposition has to respect. Like any any time you're you force the other coach to game plan for your players, that's good. And we're, we're developing more and more of that kind of player. And by the way, on the broadcast, it was mentioned that apparently DeAndre Yedlin wants to start a fashion line when he's done playing soccer. And yes, I please. am in. I am pre-buying <laughs> yes, 10 please. things, please. I want all of the Is there a the Kickstarter? <laughs> yeah. I want that. <laughs> I want to go to there. I want to be... He is fashion icon... 101 this dude is is like he's got swag on lock if he couldn't play if he couldn't kick a ball for his life he would be just fine at at you know whatever name fill in the yeah, blank fashion the, company yeah yeah absolutely he's, he's got a future this kid <laughs> i love it uh let's, add to those millions yeah man make make your millions and he can do that for many years i you know invest in yedlin When's, where's the future where we invest in people, not companies? I'm, I'm buying it's one coming. share of Yedlin, please. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, we got an even one-to-one switch, Bradley for Trap. And I got to say, this was the very first game I have ever watched uh, in which I felt seeing either Bradley or Trap on their own or both, which we've we've gotten all three of those iterations many times. This is the very first 90 minutes where I felt that Trap was better than Bradley. Um, he was, he was not a, he's not a monster defensively. He doesn't have the motor that Bradley had and maybe has, uh, but he was, he, his technical ability on the ball uh, shown through in a number of moments. He was connecting passes. He's able to navigate the switch uh, with the right back coming into the center midfield really well. Which and and I just didn't think Bradley fit in that great. But did Bradley not have enough time? Uh, do you agree with my assessment on that? Did you think Trap looked better than Bradley? Uh, I thought Trap definitely looked good, and uh, it's another one of those situations where I think you can't judge it so much because of the opposition and the way that they set up so it the way that the game played out the six had very little actual defensive responsibility and um 
And so Trapp's qualities were able to shine, I think. But I think Bradley is much better at dealing with, with pressure situations where the focus needs to be really high, the intensity needs to be high. Uh, I think he's a, he's a quite good defender um, who rarely, you know, he rarely defends flashily, but his, his defense is, is, uh, is frustrating, I think, for, for attackers, especially playmakers. Um, so, so for me, uh, I'm, I'm still in the, the Bradley camp because I think when the shit hits the fan, that's, that's the guy I'd rather have out there. Um, I've seen Will Trapp, you know, bypassed too many times by, by good teams. Um, and that's, you know, maybe a good note to look out for with Chile because, um, Chile's roster is, is pretty decent. I think there's no Alexis Sanchez, but, um, a lot of other good, uh, you know, European based or, or formerly European based attacking players. So it should be a little bit of a, a stiffer test uh, for for the U.S. defense, um, and I'm I'm hoping to get a little bit more tape on uh, you know where where Trap and Bradley are at respectively in in dealing with challenges like that. And can we please get a little Matt Miazga in there? I want to see yes, the other please. Franco. The the last note I have with with Trap is that his best weapon. I mean, you you might even say a world class skill from Will Trap is the ball over the top. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's just tremendous at it. I mean, he's, he's he's amazing, but I'm not interested in that ball in this system. You know, that's that's right. not the point of the system. So the I I would much rather have somebody who can hit a, a fantastic twenty yard, you know, hard pass on the ground to feet. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I think I think that both both players are are much more similar in that regard. So like for me, the the strengths of trap don't come out in this system. Maybe the way that they did in the you know. Norm, more normal Columbus crew systems of the past. So yeah, I think, ironically, I think the Bob Bradley system would have uh, suited him pretty well. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, traps a locked in starter in two thousand one. Hoof it up to Joe Max Moore or Brian McBride. Or yeah, someone. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll 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 see how it all plays out. I I genu- as I've said on the show before, I want Trap to be the guy. I really do. And I'm encouraged to see him at least not get totally blown out of the water by Bradley's uh, <clears throat> sort of personality and, and just ability. And so there, there is some hope for me, if only that Bradley is diminishing uh, over time. But, sure, but the, sure. the, it's, it's still way up there, and we shall see. And uh, it would help Trap if he got a little better, a little more steely defensively. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, you know, and as I said, uh, my preference would be to use Weston, Pulisic, and Adams uh, as the midfielders. Yeah, come on, you know, come on. For so, fuck's so sake. for me, for me, I'm happy having neither of them out there. But if if you're gonna play with one, I'm I'm still on board with Bradley. So, you know, it. I think we'll we'll learn a lot more from from Gold Cup, of course. Uh, even though we're not gonna face that much tough competition until um, until Mexico, you know, even though one of those teams might knock us out. Um, the 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 style of the game is unlikely to be, you know, us pinned back uh, for for ninety minutes. Um, that's that's what I think is the true data because you you and I always say like the goal is to win World Cups and you know we're not like joking or trying to be facetious. It's like actually no, let's like optimize whatever our tiny sliver of the of a chance is to win the Qatar World Cup like. Let's try to make that bigger. <laughs> every every time we go out there, let's make that sliver a tiny bit bigger. So, um, you know, for me, it's it's more about adapting and and setting yourself up to win the the crunch games in a World Cup. Um, and I think Bradley will be you know 
good at doing that. <coughs> so uh, don't don't worry about that throat clearing. I, I farted <coughs> earlier and the, the mic picked it up, I'm so not. I may or may not edit that out. Um, you you could edit it in over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> like um, a morning DJ. <laughs> DJ orgy. <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> orgy in the morning. <laughs> so I have I, I I was wondering about an update from the last ep. Uh, we so we dumb. the roster was a little baffling, so and we we said we may get some uh, some answers when the rosters for the underage teams came out. Yes. Um, did we get those answers? What can you remind us? Remind the viewers. I suppose uh, I hear a, a funny little sound in the distance. Welcome to the Fishy Report. Fishy Report. Welcome to the Fishy Report. Woo! Welcome to the Fishy Report. This is, of course, your favorite segment of the show, in which we report. On the optimistic future, generally speaking. Future, uh, so future, future, future. So we're uh, allowed in this segment to speak about anyone or any team that qualifies for a you-something national team. Okay, so right now we got under-20s and under-23s firing off. Is that correct, Ty? Indeed, indeed. It's an exciting time for fishy reports because of the under-23 cycle, which is only relevant every four years for the Olympics, but um, qualifying for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo are uh, in the fall, so the the U.S. is preparing for that. Um, there's a, a camp uh, this go around, I think, is in Spain, um, and they brought for that for that U23 team. They brought uh, most of the players who you would expect, uh, you know, Sergeant and Wea, for instance, who were conspicuously absent from the senior team roster. Were were in that camp, Cameron Carter Vickers as well. Um, I don't think I saw Eric Palmer Brown. There are a couple exclusions, but it, it's it's always really hard to tell because there's problems with club clearance or you know minor injuries or whatever for a camp like this it's not pivotal to to have everyone so um uh the the team's just kind of gelling and and getting to know each other they have a head coach uh jason Kreiss, who's been through the the mls uh coaching carousel you know a, a couple different times um and so he's he's now uh leading the charge for the u.s to to qualify for this thing uh, which will be tricky because the very best U23 players, maybe our best six or seven U23 players, won't be eligible. Or they'll, they'll, they'll be eligible, but they won't be available because of club commitments. Uh, the U23 qualifying tournament is not on a FIFA date. Um, sometimes the tournaments overlap with like with, with a FIFA date where you can call them up, but you could only maybe play them for two of the matches of the tournament. You know, So you have to decide, like, should we use one of our slots and is it worth like straining the relationship with the club? Uh, to call them in for youth team, um, so it's it, it's a it's a tricky one because you have to qualify with a, a different roster than you're actually going to take to the tournament if you were to make it. Um, but they're they're just kind of getting kicking that off now. They had a friendly against Egypt, which they lost, and then a friendly today against the Netherlands, uh, which was a nil nil draw. Uh, reports were that that the U.S. attacked well. Nice. Um, and and did game. we and anything. What what's the news on our on your boy Josh Sargent? Where did he land in this whole mess? Yeah, he's with the the Olympic team. Uh, I think he would. Yeah, he'd be eligible for for U twenties as well. There are a couple players like that. Um, Sergino Dest is one where he could be in in U twenty camp, but he was in U twenty three camp. Um, I think, or sorry, maybe not. But there were there are a couple examples. Another one's uh, Julian Araujo, who's a defender who's coming up with LA uh, with Galaxy this year. 
Um, and he's, I think, started a couple games for them um, and has, has shown well and apparently is one of the sort of standout performers from U23 camp. Um, but in the meantime, the, the U20s have been, have been congregating, and that's a much more uh, you know, high-pressure scenario because the U20 World Cup's in May, so this is a, more of a finishing touches kind of situation where the coaches are probably starting to make some decisions about you know, cuts and, and who's in and who's out. Um, I absolutely can't wait to see the the final roster that they come up with because they will have guys like uh, Sargent potentially available if they wanted to go that route. Um, uh, I think Wea as well. Uh, maybe Wea might be a tiny bit too old, but no, I think he's eligible. So they they have a, a plethora of choices, and it's really about you know managing workload with the with the senior team and uh, you know giving giving players the best experience they can and trying to decide. Is it better to be a leader on a youth team or a bench player on the senior team? That kind of stuff. Um, but the, the our U20 team, like if you just line them up like by club, is going to be really impressive. And it's, it, it's going to dramatically contrast with prior teams. Like last, last go around, it was, it was kind of getting there. You know, you had players like Cameron Carter-Vickers, let's say, um, who, you know, with, with big clubs on their resume, but you still had guys like Eric Williamson, a college player, and a couple other college players mixed into that bunch or, or players who were, you know, barely getting senior minutes. Uh, but you're going to have, in the, this next U20 uh, World Cup, you're going to have MLS starters combined with top-tier European prospects uh, at, at, at huge clubs. And, they, you know, if you go through the, the roster, you're going to see lots and lots of big names, and that's really exciting. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can be, be contenders, uh, for the first time in, uh, in a while. Um, I think they've made the, the last eight twice in a row. Yeah, I think that's right. So it'll be a potential opportunity to, to crack through to a higher level and, um, you know, prove that all the work that's going into youth development for the, the U S program is paying off. It's exciting stuff, man. It all started with Gideon Zalalem and that did not go so well. And, uh, here we are. Here we are. Cameron Carter Vickers somehow still featured in Fishy still Reports youth team after player. eight years. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. Um, but it, it, it genuinely is exciting times. Uh, and if you thought that our senior team was was starting to come around, you're right. And if you if you think the sky's the limit for this program, you're also right. Uh invest yeah, now. Yeah, buy buy true. buy stock in, in USMNT. This is going This is okay. also a stock tips. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that in the uh, the tags so that. Sorry, Wall Streeter. Yeah. This is this joke. If you made it all the way to the end of this pod, is why you found our podcast, um, <laughs> folks. Damn it! <laughs> God damn they it! They tricked me. Uh, invest in Yedlin, folks. It's 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 exciting times. It's uh, we got she the peeps on the way, as I mentioned. Um, so tune in. Boom. Coming up, folks. Tune Dropping. in Tuesday the third on ESPN. Watch the men's team play Chile. And then if you really want to get down with what this pod really wants to get down with, keep your TVs on until the fourth of April. Just let it run for a week. Uh, when the women's team plays Australia, featuring one of the arguably the greatest uh, female, the greatest player in the world. Uh, on the Australian team there, and Kwame will will surely enlighten us further on that. And then stay tuned three days <sighs> later when Can't the wait. women's team plays Belgium. Strong opponents, strong uh, players. Um, if you want to watch a team that's not just exciting for the future, but is actually already good, 
um, and is good. And still, even when they're underperforming, just check she the peeps. Uh, you, you down with that? With that? So down. Sick. I can't wait. I can't. It's going to be, I, I can't wait to just like listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not have to do anything. Off, bro. Take a load <laughs> off. No frantic Googling for you. Um, I don't do that. Come on. <laughs> so we go straight to tape on this show. Yeah, all the time. No edits. Edit free. Uh, I don't even EQ this shit. This is just what our voices sound like. Folks, I love it. Resonant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like and manly. <laughs> I don't lower Ty's voice down by two semitones uh, for for the sake of presence. I demand at least two semitones, <laughs> folks. I love it uh, when a, a shirt when you buy a more expensive shirt, um, you might find that your your bo doesn't immediately stench it up. Uh, you might be able to wear that shirt a second time. You know what? Some How Mac much did you, shit. did you did you pay over a uh, hundred dollars for that tea? Try it on for a third go. See what happens. You've thirty three aware. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, I like it a lot when the forecast says rainy, um, but it's actually kind of sunny and nice. And then maybe you get a drizzle. The forecast wasn't lying, but it just looked more dreary in that little picture-by-picture, hour-by-hour icons thing than it actually turned out to be. And I also really like, and you should try this out, listening to uh, gratitude affirmations on YouTube while you take a nap. You'll never know the difference. Put them on low. You can barely hear. Put it on so you can barely hear it. Let your subliminal mind do the work. And uh, take a little napski. See how you feel the rest of the day. Try it. But I don't love any of that shit as much as I absolutely love the gnats. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.